This is Safe Zone, the podcast by OHS Canada, the national occupational health and safety magazine published by Annex Business Media. You've tuned in to hear conversations with Canadian safety professionals on the latest in OHS trends and research. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Safe Zone podcast. I'm your host, Marcel Vanderweer, editor of OHS Canada. I'm joined today by Sandro Peruza. Sandro is the CEO of OSPE, the Ontario Society of Professional Engineers. The OPSE is the advocacy body and voice of the Ontario engineering profession. Sandro and I will be discussing the increased importance of HVAC systems within workplace safety as the world continues to navigate the COVID-19 pandemic. Welcome, Sandro. I really appreciate you joining me today. Well, thanks for inviting me. I'm really looking forward to this. I've also been looking forward to this chat, so why don't we jump in? Sandra, as the COVID-19 pandemic continues, more focus is being put on HVAC, short for heating, ventilation, and air conditioning systems. Why are these systems so important right now when it comes to keeping workers safe? Uh, You know, Marcel, there's a lot to unpack here, so uh, just let me get started. Uh, When we first learned about COVID-19 early in 2020, uh, we really didn't know that much about the virus. You know, at first, when it was communicated by public health that it was being spread uh, predominantly through surface contact, uh, the focus back then was around cleaning contact surfaces like doors, handles, tabletops, hand railings, etc. And masks, if you remember, weren't even mandatory, strongly recommended. And when they were you know, first being introduced as, you know, maybe you should wear a mask, it was to act as a barrier to prevent your hand from coming in contact with your nose or your mouth. Uh, and it wasn't until many months later or, you know, that the pandemic uh, had grabbed hold worldwide that the medical community and the public health actually started suspecting that airborne transmission was viable. Uh, you know, I, I don't know if you recall way back on April 7th, the prime minister, you know, used that now famous term of, you know, trying to tell people to avoid speaking moistly. You know, that was on April 7th and Canada's first reported case was on January 25th. You know, so, you know, three and a half months later. Uh, but as, you know, the virus spread and, and we started looking at it, not just here in Canada, but worldwide, there was more and more mounting evidence that, you know, the transmission was actually happening airborne as well. And, uh, you know, there's been, a, again, tremendous amount of work worldwide, but also here in Canada by University of Alberta engineering professor, uh, Dr. Brian Fleck who, you know, has been working to show just how poor ventilation systems impacts the transmission of COVID. And, uh, you know, in his research, and he's been doing this research for years, not just around COVID, but looking at ventilation systems, uh, you know, his, his comments is that the quality of uh, ventilation systems and buildings affects, you know, not only COVID, but how many sick days we take off, how happy we are, and how long we live. So, the impact is, I think, by focusing on ventilation is going to have uh, benefits beyond the COVID days. Uh, so also let me emphasize that improved ventilation is not a replacement for masks. Masks are still the most effective measure we have to protect ourselves. And a mask is a control at, you know, at the source of risk, which as safety professionals, we always want to focus at. So I'll, I'll, let me you know, give you a scenario why ventilation systems are so important and why we can't just rely on masks. And again, every workplace now has a strict masking policy uh, and, you know, workers need to keep the masks on at all times to limit exposure. But, you know, if you're in a lunchroom or in a washroom and a worker takes off their mask uh, to eat or wash your face, 
uh, and you know that they're breathing heavily or you know coughing or or sneezing, they release that aerosol into the workplace. And when a ventilation system, you know, the the aerosols are picked up and sucked into another part of the building, uh, let's say the administrator's office, an administrator, you know, uh, may have uh, their own office, and so they close their door. They say, no, no, no one's coming in here. I can take my mask off. Well, the ventilation system just passed, you know, that aerosol and that particular COVID particle through the building and is now, you know, exhausted into that administrator's office. And, and they've now breathed in COVID and next thing you know, they have it. So, I, I mean, there's, there's, you know, mounting evidence that, you know, even though the risk is low, that it is happening. And then when you look at, you know, let's change the scenario slightly because I, you know, I, I talked about it being a low risk, but let's say it's an assembly or a sorting line where you have a large number of people working in a certain space. Now, all of a sudden, that risk has increased significantly. Mm-hmm. And as the workers, you know, they're all wearing masks and they're wearing all their PPE while they're on the assembly line. But then they go into a lunchroom where, you know, a bunch of them go on break at the same time. So they're going into the washroom before and after. And again, taking off their mask and they're taking off their mask while they're eating. Now you have, you can see how the risk has increased significantly. So if, you know, if you can't rely on masks, then your next sort of, you know, line of defense or when you're looking at the risk and how this transmission is happening, you look at it at, you know, along the path and along the path is ventilation. So this is why uh, ventilation systems are, are so important. And especially now as you know, weather gets colder and you have more recycled air, uh, the COVID you know, that people are breathing in these enclosed areas is now getting more and more concentrated. You know, I think that is why ventilation systems uh, is a key now that people are looking at and have been looking at over the last few months. Sandro, great summary there. Really appreciate that. I want to I want to move on to kind of the reopening strategy and and ask you a question here. But as governments prepare for reopening economies and schools, uh, do you believe there's been enough focus on ventilation and airflow, especially in the indoor working environment? Well, there's certainly been a lot discussed about it, but whether there's been a lot done on it, I don't think enough has. Um, you know, again, there's five. You know, just focus on schools just for a second because. You know, everyone's either back in school or going back to schools uh, next week. You have 5,000 schools in Ontario. Uh, of those 5,000, the average age of a school is about 39 and a half years old. So those ventilation systems usually aren't upgraded. So your ventilation systems are over 30 years. Uh, and ventilation systems are an area that a lot of people really don't maintain well or don't look at. So, you know, and it's not just in schools. It's in long-term care homes. I, I already talked about processing plants. Uh, you know, we had the case of, uh, of Canada Post where that processing plant in Mississauga was, was shut down for a week uh, and you know, several hundred people uh, contracted COVID. You had the meat plants uh, across the country that had been shut down because of, you know, businesses need to look at ventilation systems as a way to control that spread uh, because, you know, it's great to reopen. But then if, you know, the transmission goes up again because people are indoors and we have to close again, it really doesn't help anybody. So I, I really want to focus on ventilation systems as an additional control as opposed to a replacement of the existing controls that we have out there. It sounds like there's uh, different uh, products available in terms of H- HVAC. I'm wondering if there's a gold standard when it comes to the equipment choices in this area. Not when it comes to equipment, and I'll tell you why. I mean, there's certainly a number of different products out there, and, and more and more products are coming onto the market every day, it seems. 
you know, and some are very complicated and very intricate and also obviously very expensive. But, you know, more costly isn't necessarily better. Uh, CBC Marketplace recently ran a story looking at just your household indoor air quality systems. And again, it was done by U of T researchers, uh, engineering researchers. And then what they found was the mid-price units actually significantly outperformed the more costly units. So, you know, when you, when you look at equipment, you certainly need to do your research. But there is a gold standard for ventilation systems as they relate to infectious aerosols. And that was released, uh, actually renewed in April 2020 uh, by the American Society of Heating, Refrigeration, and Air Conditioning Engineers, or ASHRAE. And, you know, they provide some excellent guidance, uh, which looks at various controls in HVAC systems, including temperature, humidity control, your indoor-outdoor air mix ratios, etc. cetera. Uh, there is some very technical stuff out there that they produce uh, that's based on a lot of research and analysis that's done globally. But they also provide some recommended controls for different scenarios uh, and different workplace settings. And uh, what I really like about it is uh, when they, you know, demonstrate, you know, we recommend this. They actually also give it a rating of A, B, C, D, uh, and uh, to demonstrate just how strong the evidence is that support these recommendations. So, you know, as a health and safety uh, professional, your first step is to go to the ASHRAE site, and they actually have a COVID subsite. Uh, that has all these documents listed on it. That's a perfect segue into my next question, Sandro. And that is, what tips would you give health and safety professionals for investigating equipment in their own buildings? The first thing I would do is actually go and look at your air conditioning unit or your HVAC system. How well maintained is it? When's the last time it had an inspection? When's the last time it was maintained or uh, checked to make sure that it's working properly? When's the last time the filters were changed? Uh, again, uh, I, I alluded to it earlier, that HVAC systems are often neglected. Uh, the units are usually on a roof. And uh, because they're up there, no one goes and looks at them until something goes wrong. So, you know, you may not even know your HVAC system isn't working properly until you actually inspect it. So that would be the very first thing I would do. Uh, and then, again, I'm going to refer back to the ASHRAE standards. And they actually give you basically five different recommendations. Uh, the first one, again, uh, which they have it as number five, but I'll say it as number one, verify that your HVAC systems are functioning as designed. Uh, secondly, uh, what are the public health guidelines? Uh, you know, different jurisdictions have actually looked at this and, and put out some requirements around, you know, not only social distancing and wearing a mask and other PPE, but administrative measures, uh, you know, circulation of occupants, reduced occupancy, hygiene, sanitation. So, you know, look at, again, the workplace controls, look at uh, your workplace processes. So, you know, uh, is the actual airflow going from high concentration of people to low concentration or vice versa? Uh, the second, uh, so that's the second thing uh, is, again, look at public health guidelines. The third thing is uh, looking at then ventilation, filtration, and sanitation or air cleaning. So it's not just the ventilation systems, but looking at your filtration systems and your air cleaning or sanitation systems. So um, again, provide, maintain, um, you know, the minimum outdoor airflow ventilations as per the ASHRAE codes and standards. Uh, you know, you may have to increase your mix of outdoor air in the winter, um, but it's not just temperature, it's humidity as well. Use a combination of filters and air cleaners uh, that achieve certain um, guidelines for cleaning. 
uh, use error cleaners, which provide evidence of effectiveness and safety and select control options, including, you know, standalone filters and air cleaners if you're in a high-risk situation. So don't just rely on your existing HVAC system, but if you have high occupancy areas, you may have to bring in uh, additional systems, external systems to supplement your existing air system. Uh, the fourth thing is air distribution. Again, look at uh, directional airflow. Uh, you know, again, you don't want air going, flowing from a concentration where high, uh, high concentration where people are to a low concentration, because the more people you have, the higher risk of uh, that they have someone in that group is going to have COVID. Uh, you actually want airflow going in the other way. You want it going from a low concentration of people to a high concentration of people. So looking at airflow and, and how air is uh, distributed from person to person. And then finally, uh, you know, this is where the technical stuff comes in, and this is around your HVAC system operations. And this is where you may have to bring in an HVAC specialist uh, to look at, again, how do you maintain temperature and humidity design points as set by the ASHRAE standards? Uh, ensure that you have equivalent clean air supply coming in. Um, you know, you have mechanism where you need to flush spaces in between, you know, as, as a work, if you're in the middle of a, um, a shift change, uh, do you want to put in a, a, a time, maybe 30 minutes in between shift changes so that the air has time to, uh, you know, exchange and you have fresh air coming in? And, uh, you know, also looking at staggering uh, breaks and lunch periods so that your workforce is not having lunch at the same time in an enclosed area. So these are uh, just at a very high level. Some of the things that your health and safety professional needs to be doing. Uh, to ensure that uh, you know their people are are safe and the air that they're breathing is clean. Yeah, you've given us a lot of uh, advice and helpful tips here. Uh, just to close up this conversation, I'm wondering, um, in your professional opinion, what does the future hold in this area uh, regarding air quality in terms of workplace safety? Oh, that's a that's a really good question. I think air quality is going to be a bigger and bigger issue uh, in the next decade or more. You know, I think COVID has really shone a light on the importance of indoor air quality. Uh, but uh, just looking at the environmental movement right now, and I'm in, certainly involved in that as well. Uh, we're on a, I'm on a various committees looking at how do we design, you know, the green buildings of the future, your net zero buildings, and, and looking at building envelopes. Of course, these are all closed systems now. Uh, so, you know, people are going to be rebreathing and recirculating the air because, you know, the the more clean air you have or the more recycled air you have, the less you have to condition it and it's be uh, more, more cost effective to do so. But as a byproduct of that, you also have to make sure that air is clean, uh, not just for chemical contaminants, but biological contaminants. You know, I think a lot of technologies needs to be developed to make sure that we're constantly cleaning that air, especially the recycled air. Uh, you know, looking at long-term care homes, I, I you know, willing to wager the majority of the cases that are having in long-term care homes is not patient-to-patient -patient exposure, it's through the ventilation systems. Mm -hmm. So moving forward, I think as the building codes get reviewed, ventilation systems and upgrading ventilation systems needs to be part of those new building codes. Yeah, Sandra, thanks again so much for sharing your time and expertise on this. Uh, I really appreciate it and uh, good luck with the continued advocacy. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for tuning in to Safe Zone, the podcast by OHS Canada. To hear more of our episodes or to find the latest workplace safety headlines from across the country, 
visit ohscanada.com.